Welcome to the 26 West Church Sunday Gathering Podcast. Our prayer is that this teaching helps you experience life in Jesus. If you've been with us for a while, if you're just checking in, we've been looking at the person of the Holy Spirit, and we've looked at how God the Holy Spirit is above and how God the Holy Spirit is working within, and now we've been tracking with how God the Holy Spirit wants to work through our lives for the good of other people. And if you've been here, hopefully you picked this up. Whatever the Holy Spirit wants to do, it's to work through us. So all of these, what we call gifts, the spirituals, the manifestations, the evidence of the Holy Spirit's presence is most often not for you. Now, here's what you get. You get to be a conduit. You get to be a channel of God's good work in the world. Has ever, anyone ever given a gift through you? You know, something like profound, but they wanted to be a surprise to the other person. So they wanted to do it anonymously. So they said, hey, would you, I, I've been... Uh, that kind of person before. People have said, I want to bless this person in the church. I don't want them to know who it's from because I want them to, to think about how good God is. And I'm like, I will happily do that. And there's something beautiful about going to a person and saying, hey, I just want to say, this is for you. No, I'm not loaded. This is for you. This is a gift from someone who didn't want to be named. It's the greatest joy to be a pass-through of a blessing to someone else. I want us to think about the spirituals that way. You and I get the joy of being a pass-through, that God wants to bless others through you. But, but I want you to remember, the Holy Spirit is working through all of us, all of us in various ways. Most of the time it's happening, we just don't have a name attached to it. So when you think, I don't know if the Holy Spirit's going to use me, well, if the Spirit is in you, the Spirit is going to use you. We just want to put language to it. Why? So that we can grow in it and celebrate it. And there's something beautiful. And the wonderful thing about being in community groups right now is hopefully you're discovering that we are wired differently. The Holy Spirit is working differently through all of us. And there are two big categories, so to speak, of how the Spirit works through these speaking spirituals, these speaking manifestations, tongues, which edifies, builds you up. Interpretation of tongues, a way of knowing what God is saying, words of wisdom, words of knowledge, teaching gifts, uh, the gift to the church of pastor, teacher, is often a communicated thing. And, and God is speaking to us all the time through people. What we want to remember, though, is it's not the person. It's the spirit. So we're not focused on the communicator. We're focused on the one who has the words, and it's him, right? So if God has graced you with these abilities from him to communicate life and love to people, rejoice in it. Be the pass-through. It ain't about you. It's not about me. But many of us are also gifted equally by the same spirit in service areas. So you have mercy, gifts of mercy. You have gifts of helping. What is that? Helping. That's all it is but it's empowered by the Spirit. And so whether God's using you in speaking ways or in serving ways, it's probably a combination of both. What I want to do is today focus on another one of the speaking ones uh, because I'm just picking two of all of the 20-plus manifestations. I'm focusing on two, not because they're more important, but because they're more confusing. So last week we looked at tongues. 
Today, we're going to look at prophecy. All right, uh, 1 Corinthians 14, verses 1 through 3. We read it last week. Follow the way of love and eagerly desire the spirituals, the gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people, but to God. We looked at it last week. That's a, a language between you and the Lord. Indeed, no one understands them. They utter mysteries by the Spirit. So it's not gibberish. It's mysteries. It's a communication with God that your mind is not aware of, but it is, it is guided not by you. It's guided by the very Spirit of God. But, and here's the contrast, the one who prophesies speaks to people for their three things, strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. Just say those three words with me. One, two, three. Strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. So we could read all of 1 Corinthians 14. If you were in a community group, your assignment was to read all of 1 Corinthians 14 before you showed up. Some of you did not. Here's the opportunity. This is the final week of community groups. Read all of 1 Corinthians 14 before you show up. But I just want to jump to the end because there's too much to cover. Uh, verses 39 and 40. In light of everything he says about prophecy. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, be eager to prophesy and do not forbid speaking in tongues. They both matter. But here's the caveat. Everything should be done in a fitting and an orderly way. When you read 1 Corinthians 14, what you realize is that from day one, uh, brothers and sisters, Jesus people, have been trying to figure out how do, how do we together allow space for us to all be used by the Spirit in various ways when we get together. So when we get together, we sing, and that's led by people empowered by the Spirit to lead us in praise. And, and there are people empowered by the Spirit to hold babies. There are people empowered by the Spirit before you get here to prepare hospitality for you to eat. How many of you had a donut? Confession time. Some of you, are, you're on keto. You had a donut anyway. God bless you. So you had a donut, people empowered by the Spirit to serve. And then you have people empowered by the Spirit to teach classes to young ones right now. You have people empowered by the Spirit to share from the Bible. You have people empowered by, okay, so what we're to do is we're to make room for one another. Now, it's harder to do in a larger setting, but here's why I've been, th th this whole series has been leading to this. There is something that all of us, God can enable all of us to be useful for strengthening and encouraging people around us. And so some gifts have a, a place that is fitting in a particular space that's not fitting in another one. We looked at last week. Tongues is fitting between you and God. The Spirit can empower a prayer language, mysteries. You don't want to know what it is, but you're, you're communicating with God. And somehow, for those of you who had that experience, you know in your spirit, you know Something is happening. You know you're built up. God is, God is at work in and around me. I don't know. I don't get it all. But God, I want to partner with you. That's great when it's you. If everyone comes in here and, and speaks in tongues at the same time, it doesn't build up anybody. It's confusing. So 1 Corinthians 14 is not about one gift is better than the other. It's everyone has their place. And so there's a place for prophecy. So the end word here is be eager. When you're, when you're experiencing tongues, think about the setting. 
If there's interpretation, it makes sense because people can hear what God is saying. But if not, be quiet, keep silent. But when you're together, it seems like Paul is saying to this community, you're trying to figure out the balance of your giftedness. God has graced everybody. But there's a way to do it that's orderly. I'm going to suggest maybe 60 people in this room have gifts of teaching right now. How did I get the number 60? I literally made it up. So there's no quantifiable. I just made it a number. Number 60 sounds good. So there's 60 people with gift of te- teaching. It wouldn't help if all 60 exercised their gift right now. So we give space for one another. But there are people experiencing the grace to teach right now in classes, and it wouldn't be appropriate for me to be there. There's space for everyone eagerly desire some. And Paul seems to say here, his hope and prayer for the church is that they would eagerly desire to prophesy. And that is in fitting with the Bible, my prayer for you, that you would eagerly desire this particular evidence of the Spirit's presence. Now I'll start with a caveat. Not everyone will prophesy but everyone could be used by God to prophesy. That that, so we're called to eagerly desire, and then we step back and we say, Holy Spirit, here I am. I'm available. But some of us have yet to eagerly desire any of this. So what I'm saying to you, some of you may be intrigued by tongues. If God graces you with tongues, fantastic. Celebrate and rejoice in the goodness of God. But I'm asking every one of you to eagerly desire, because the Bible says eagerly. I hope for all of you to eagerly desire that you would prophesy or that you would be receptive to prophecy. It may not be through your lips, but it may be through someone's lips to you, which leads us to a bunch of questions. Here we go, Q&A time, because there's all sorts of questions I've been asked about what is this and how does it work. So we're going to go through the mechanics of it and then we're just going to leave space for God to be God, which is always smart. Number one, what is prophecy? Glad you asked. Uh, two, two definitions, because one person's definition is never enough. The human report of a divine revelation, uh, Sam Storms in his book, uh, Beginner's Guide to Spiritual Gifts. And so I think it's helpful. It's a human report of something divine. God reveals something, but it's a human report of it. And so it's a human's attempt to share what God is saying. Another one, Wayne Grudem, telling something that God has spontaneously brought to mind. So when you put those two together, you see it's God is the source of prophecy and the person, the people, are simply trying to report what they discern God might be saying. So when many of us think of prophecy, what we actually think about is predicting future events. And I just want to suggest to you that most of what the Bible's talking about prophecy to be is not about the prediction of future events. Although, in the Bible, God spoke through the prophets to foretell what was to come. And you read the Revelation, you see what is to come. You read the Old Testament prophets, they talk about the coming of the Messiah. They, come, they talk about the day of the Lord. So there is an element in the Bible to God giving insight to what has not happened yet. But for us in the local church, since the resurrection of Jesus and the coming of the Spirit, the nature of prophecy is simply about God 
communicating through a person and them sharing what comes to mind for our strengthening, for our encouragement, for our comfort, for our good. Most of it is not, God is telling me this is what's going to happen to you. Or God is telling me this is what you're supposed to do. There are elements where whatever is said leads us to points of decision about the future, but most of it is not predictive. Okay, we're, we're peeling it layer by layer here. What is prophecy? It's a human report of a divine revelation. So does God still do this today? Absolutely, but we mean to make a distinguishing uh, statement about capital P, lowercase p. We're going back to English, folks. Uh, there's two different P's here. Capital P, let's throw the, uh, on the screen. The prophets and prophecy in the capital P is a new truth revealed by God, including God's plan of salvation. And this is given and ends with scripture. So when we say the prophets, Isaiah and Jeremiah and John the Baptist, those are capital P prophets. They were graced by God to give us the word of God and point, most of them pointed forward to the coming of the Messiah pointed forward to the coming of Jesus. And so Moses in the Bible is a prophet. And he's given the word of God. The first five books of the Bible are revealed through Moses to us. So in that sense, we, we honor capital P, the prophets and prophecy. What, what Paul is talking about is lowercase. It's the same word, but the definition matters. This is in line with, but less than scripture. It's not perfect. The capital P, prophets were given the word of God that has fully come to pass, absolutely. But lowercase prophecy is simply a human report of a divine revelation. It is, it is someone saying to you what they believe God has spontaneously brought to mind. So if it helps, the same thing goes with capital T, lowercase t. We have the teaching, the word of God. This is the teaching. How do I know how to follow Jesus? Listen to the teaching. How do I know how to live my life in accordance with Jesus? This is the teaching. How do I know the difference between right and wrong? Well, whatever you want goes. No, that's foolishness. This is the teaching. What's going to happen in the future? This is the teaching. What's awaiting you in the age to come? This is the teaching. Which is why we spend so much time in the teaching, capital T. But then there's lowercase teaching, what I'm doing right now, which needs to be discerned, which could be corrected, which is probably mostly true. I know a good chunk of what I'm saying is completely right. Some of what I'm saying I think is right, and I'm sure some of what I'm saying is not right. <laughs> Anyone who doesn't say otherwise is lying to themselves. Because I'm not a capital T, that's this. I'm a lowercase t. And so, of course, we discern. That's why we do community groups, to discern what God is saying, to talk about what God is saying. And in this sense, um, when we think about prophecy, it needs to be thought about judged in a positive sense, not judged like, how dare you, but thought about and discerned. 
is this in alignment with what God has already said? All right, who can prophesy? Like, who's allowed to? Here's the good news. Anybody? Acts 2, 17 18. And this is a quote from the capital P prophet, Joel. God had said, in the last days, God says, this is Joel's prophecy repeated by Peter. I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I'll pour out my Holy Spirit in those days. And they, men and women, young and old, will prophesy. This is why I said we should eagerly desire it because this is what God had said through the capital P prophet Joel, that when Jesus comes and sends the Holy Spirit, you and I are all now enabled before it was the prophets and the priests and the kings who represented God to people. Now that the Holy Spirit has come, everyone, young and old, pedigree and no pedigree, formal training and no formal training, because the Spirit is at work in every believer in Jesus, all of us are enabled to be useful to God, which is why Paul says to the church, eagerly, brothers and sisters, eagerly desire to be used in this way. And I hope that's, I hope that's a push to some of you who are like, I like the servant gifts. I'll, I'll do this stuff. I'm simply saying, be open. God is going to use you in primary ways most often, but be open. He may want to use you in other ways. And to those with the speaking gifts, do stuff. <laughs> Don't just blab. Be open that God is going to use you in practical ways. It's why we live body life. We need one another. And everyone here has a place. So anyone can. Can a 12-year-old prophesy if they have been born anew, born again, given the Holy Spirit? Absolutely yes. And a 102-year-old can prophesy. Uh, men and women, young and old, and, and, and hear this clearly, quote-unquote leaders and quote-unquote non-leaders, whatever that is. You don't need a title. You don't need a role. So you want to demystify and say, this is not something that six people are authorized to do in any church. It's open to anyone who has the Holy Spirit. By the way, Paul says, I don't know if you heard it, eagerly desire prophecy. I don't know if you caught that yet. All right. Uh, where does it come from? What is the prophecy? Well, 1 Corinthians 14, 30, and 31. And if a revelation comes to someone, in this particular case, who is sitting down, first speaker should stop, then you all prophesy in turn so that everyone may be instructed and encouraged. So prophecy is a revelation. It's something that's in the mind of God for people that's shared in human form. So the person who is sharing has a sense that this might, did you catch that? Has a sense this might be from God. And so what are they to do? They are to humbly communicate, hey, as we were in worship, this, this came to my mind, and I think, I think this might be for someone in this room. This might be for our church. This might be something God might want to do in our city. And so I share it, 
And then we discuss and we consider. And if we're, we're in agreement, man, that just, this seems good to us, that God would speak this word to us, then we, we act on it. Might, could. Why? Because the moment I get up there and say, I'm telling you, God is telling me this about you. It's very directive. And I may be right in that because God may be saying that from my lips to you. But I don't know if that sits right. So I'm humble. And those who want to be useful in this area, which is so important, if we just humble ourselves and say what we already know in our brains, I think this might be from God for someone. And I allow God to confirm it. So what's the purpose? What? Okay, why is, this so, why is this so important? By the way, this isn't the same thing as teaching. Teaching is declaring what is already true. Lowercase t is based on what has already been revealed. The nuance of prophecy is most often it is not like I, I planned out this message word for word. Some of you are looking at it right now saying, Jose, you are very much off track what you have written. Yes, nothing wrong with that, but I have a train track and I know where I'm going. The essence of prophecy is most often, it is I was, not, I was not prepared for it, but it is right and fitting and true. Jody, who's here, who I'll embarrass, we were in prayer time right beforehand, and I pulled in and sat down, and they were going to pray for me, and she read Colossians 1 in the message translation, and it is exactly what I needed to hear right this morning. I wasn't planning for that. She wasn't planning for that. She was like, I just think that we... We should pray this way, and she just reads this verse. But it was her, she could have read from Jonah 1.1. She could have read from Zechariah. She could have read from anywhere, but it was this verse. And then she read another verse from Isaiah. And I received that as God's reminder to me, I know what I'm doing. Because he used his daughter to share, I, I think this is how we should pray. And she just quoted the Bible, but it was very fitting for my moment right before coming here. Does that make sense? That's the nature and the simplicity of prophecy. Someone wrote that song. That was beautiful. Way to go, Ryan. Someone wrote that song, and some of the lyrics about praying in the middle of the night, dang, whoa. And I immediately thought of things I've been praying through the night I have, to, I have to see the answer. And I'm like, God, thank you. So did the writer think, I'm going to connect with Jose at 26 West Church? No. They just wrote a song. But a brother in this church chose a song that I didn't even know about. But in the singing of that song, those words were fitting and encouraging and building up. And he was like, well, that was just a song, Jose, and it was okay. No, for me in the moment, these were beautiful reminders of encouragement and comfort uh, from God because he wasn't planning on that song to speak to me, and God does what he does. That, does any of that make sense? Well, what are the reasons for prophecy? There are at least three. Let's just go through them. Number one, it's to build up. First uh, Corinthians 14, three, but the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. So the nature of prophecy, although sometimes there are things that are not positive, the nature of it 
is encouragement. They're gentle reminders that what the Bible says, which is capital T true, is also experientially shown to be true because you're more aware that God is with you. The beautiful thing about us being used to encourage one another, and take the term off prophecy for a second because it sounds like, man, that sounds dangerous or I don't want to do that kind of thing. Okay, when you share something you weren't plan, planning on sharing because in your heart, you just think, I, I think my friend needs to hear this. And it's in alignment with the Bible because it's capital T true. But it's not just the Bible. It's about you in this moment or the scenario. And that person walks away saying, man, God is so good because that reminder spoke to my soul. I just want you to know you are a part of something that's beyond you. Forget the language. If you don't want to call it prophecy, don't call it prophecy. I don't care. Just do it. When you speak a word empowered by God's goodness because you think someone needs to hear it, I'm not saying it always is prophecy, but it could be. And sometimes it's just being, some people are just nice and give encouraging words. That's just being nice and giving encouraging words. Keep doing that. But sometimes the Spirit may be moving in ways you don't know. When most of the time when people say to me, Jose, what you said spoke to me, I feel like it was God speaking to me. Most of the time, I didn't even know what I said. I don't remember saying it. Or it didn't mean anything big to me. I just spoke. And somehow God does what he does. And so if you're wondering, like, man, I don't want to freak people out. Hey, I think I might, it could. But I just wanted you to hear it. And I hope it encourages you. It's to build people up. And uh, second thing that prophecy does is it's to warn. So 1 Corinthians 14, verse 24, if an unbeliever or an inquirer comes in while everyone's prophesying, they're convicted of sin and brought under judgment by all as the secrets of their hearts are laid bare. So God is always speaking through Scripture, always speaking through Scripture. When in doubt, quote the Bible, because it's the capital T, teaching. It's the capital P, prophecy. It is God's word. But there are times when we share with one another that it's encouragement. It's, it strengthens you or it comforts you. It's fitting. It's from the Spirit. And this is a good thing. Other times, though, there are moments where God in his goodness will use you to say something to someone that you may feel is just like, hey, this is common sense, right? You shouldn't do that. But it could be that the Spirit of God is moving in and through you spontaneously. You share something uh, that you will be an encouragement to them, like, hey, you, you should really think about this. And it turns out it's actually the Holy Spirit working. Uh, most of the times it's subtle. There are times, though, where it's not so subtle. Some of you have been in our church long enough to know one time a few years ago, pre-pandemic, I, you remember before the pandemic, that other world? It's like B.C. and A.D. It's like when the turning of life and time. Well, back in the day, um, we were here, and I had this strong impression that God had a word for a guy in, in the building. And as I was praying about it, and, and this is all worship is happening, I was like, oh, Lord, this is very strange. And I really wrestled with it. But in my soul, I'm like, no, this needs to be shared. And so I came up and just simply said this. Hey, while we were worshiping, I, I think that there might be someone in the room 
who you've been getting high, you've been smoking weed, thinking you're going to get closer to God. And here, here, God just wants you to know you don't need that. He, he wants to fill you with the Holy Spirit. You don't need to smoke weed to get close to God, which seems very strange uh, because it is. And I was like, if that's you uh, and you want to connect, that would be great. Um, and then I moved on. Strangely enough, no one left the church. Um, no one came up to me at the end. I popped my email after the gathering. And there was an email timestamped from two minutes after I gave that message. It was a guy who came here. It was the first time he walked into this church building. He came because a very attractive girl invited him. I am telling you the honest truth. She said, he asked her out. She said, no, but if you come to church with me, that's cool. So he came. Grew up in a Christian home, went to a Christian school. By the time he left high school, he deconstructed. He's living in Beaverton with a bunch of roommates, all getting high every night. In the middle of getting high a couple of weeks prior, he had the sense of God's presence. It freaked him out. And he began to think about all his background, which he chucked, but, but he came back to like, maybe something there. So he starts getting high more and more, thinking this is the way I can connect with God. He walks into the room, he sits right over there, and hears someone say, I think God is saying to someone, you don't need to get high. So he says in the email, did God give you my name? <laughs> and to which he gave me his phone number, and I said, no, God did not give me your name. And we walked around this building, and we met for a couple of weeks, walking and talking about God. He got baptized two weeks later and joined a church that's closer to his house. What I'm saying is it's mostly not that way. It's mostly not that dramatic. But why is prophecy important? It's because God wants to speak to people. He has spoken already. Some of them are not listening. And so God in his goodness gives us words of encouragement, but sometimes words of warning. And so um, th that's how the nature of prophecy. For most, it's just an encouragement. For some, it's warning. Third thing, uh, it's to confirm. Sometimes when you receive something that you think is, wow, I'm so glad they said that, it's actually God trying to confirm. First Timothy 4.14, do not neglect the, uh, your gift, which was given you through, the prof through prophecy, when the body of elders laid their hands on you. We don't know exactly what happened here, but when, but when Timothy is a young leader in the church and they're, they're, they're praying for him, the laying on of hands is simply saying, God, we, we see your hand on this person. We want to pray them into their new opportunity. Something happened where Timothy must have been given some word of encouragement about his life when these elders prayed for him and Paul reminds him back, don't forget. Don't forget when God, when God reminded you. Don't forget and neglect the very thing that God wants to do in your life. So, so, so Paul simply says to Timothy, remember, like be reminded. And some of us, that God will use other people to remind us of what we already know, we've already heard, we've already experienced, but God in his love wants to encourage us with a confirmation, and that happens that happens probably more than you think. Um, I'll just give you a little bit of my life. And it's the challenge with me sharing stories of my life is 
you may see them through the lens of what I do. Like I say, oh, that's, well, you're a preacher, Jose, so of course God does that. I'm going to give you an insight. I'm a human. I'm just a human. Okay, forget about that I stand on a stage and read from an iPad. I'm a human. So, so just see here, here through the filter, God speaks from human to human. So I'll give you uh, uh, something about prophecy when I was a kid. So I was a young, probably 11, 12-year-old, and on Sunday nights, uh, back in the day when churches met Sunday nights, remember those days? Um, Pre-pandemic. And when, when we, we would have worship nights and prayer nights. And so there was a guest preacher invited in. I'm just a kid. My parents encouraged us strongly to come to church, a.k.a. the car's moving and you're going to be in it. So I didn't even want to be there. We're in the meeting. The meeting ends. There's prayer time. And so in the middle of the prayer time, which is just happening all over the place, this guest preacher looks dead at me and my brother and says, hey, I would love to pray for you. So I'm like, you might as well say I'm going to get punished because this is, like, I'm not looking forward for this. And then he prays for us. And then he says, where are his parents? Because my parents were praying for other people. And he just pulls us aside and says to my parents, not to us hey, I just want to let you know, you've been given the responsibility to raise these two boys because God has something for them to do that's going to be complimentary but different. But he just wants to remind you tonight that the investments you're making now are towards something that God's preparing. Now, my parents already kind of had that sense for some reason. So it was a word of encouragement and comfort and confirmation but I remember the moment and in moments where I'm like, man, this is getting ridiculously difficult. Maybe I, I can sell things and make a lot of money. I'm quite convincing. I'm sure I can make tons of money in sales. I think of that moment. And it's a confirming, beautiful moment. Now, those of you, this is a total random side note. How many of you have seen the movie Jesus Revolution? Some of you, some of you have seen it. It's the story of the, the, of the revival that happened in the 70s. The guy in the movie, Lonnie Frisbee, that was the preacher who, I didn't know it till the movie came out. And my mom says, oh yeah, that Lonnie Frisbee was the guy who came to our church and, and had this prophetic word for you. I'm like, mom, this would have been helpful information. <laughs> Evidently, she didn't think to share it. Uh, and it doesn't make a difference. It doesn't make a difference who it was because we're all pass-throughs. So, so anyone can be a pass-through of what God is trying to communicate in love to people. Okay, how do we make room for prophecy? And then let's just like talk in our groups this week about how we can grow in this area. 1 Corinthians 14, 29, two or three prophets should speak and others should weigh carefully what is said. Again, don't get thrown out by the terms lowercase p, okay? Two or three believers in Jesus, two or three people who have the Holy Spirit should speak and others should weigh carefully. So when we are sharing what we think God is bringing to mind, here's his point. There needs to be space to listen and to talk about and discern and then think about what does that imply? And so the beautiful thing um, about Jody, who loves to be put on the spot, was she shared these three verses. I went back to our little office back there and just thought about, Lord, out, out of what you said from 
your word, direct quotes from the Bible, what is it that matters for this gathering? It just gave me a chance to think about it. But I, I very quickly knew, and I kind of laughed at God, to be quite honest, because I'm like, it would be you, God, to bring something up to me about prophecy before I'm going to get up and talk about prophecy. <laughs> I'm not in control. I'm not in control. And I already had much funnier, funnier, cuter illustrations to share. But God in his goodness does what he does for reasons that are beyond us. So prophecy never replaces scripture. How do we live this out as a church? This is why we did 28 weeks of this, is to realize there are, we need to make room for God when we gather together. And that might seem obvious to you, but if you've been going to church for a long time, a lot of it is plain old scripted. It's scripted. Now, it should be because everything should be done with decency and in order because God is a God of order. And every engineer said, amen. But there must be, whenever we are together in a Bible study, whenever we're together at lunch, at a coffee shop with Christian friends, whenever we're together in a community group, whenever we're together in a class, whenever we're together in a larger gathering, here's the point. We need to make room for God to be God when we're together because where two or three are gathered together, we have to remember he is there and God may want to say things that need to be discerned. We need to think through. They need to be judged in the sense of if it's out of line with the Bible, we immediately, I had a guy come up to me afterwards in a gathering and, and give these words to me that God was saying and immediately in my spirit, I was like, this is demonic. This is not the way of Jesus. So I said, thank you, brother, for your words. None of them are true. Straight to his eye. It helps to be from New York. None of them are true, but I would love to pray for you. I would love to pray for you because you're giving me words that are not true. And that concerns me. So every one of these things that spontaneously come to mind from the Lord uh, a, a revelation given through a human agent. Like what, what we're doing is we're humble enough to say, I think might could, and then we allow the person or people hearing because they have the Holy Spirit too to say, yes, this is right and fitting. So we do this as a team. Every Tuesday when we get together uh, in the morning, Tuesday mornings to pray and to plan, we just start by 5, 10, 15, 20 minutes to just say, has God brought anything to mind? In your Bible reading, did God bring anything to mind? As you were praying, did God bring anything to mind? And most often what happens is two or three things are shared that are so similar or so connected that none of us knew about, and then that guides our prayer time. That guides our thinking. And it's very normal, and no one gets weird, and no one raises their voice. You know, it's just humble communication, saying, God, you're alive, you're here, and we would love to hear from you. So some of you are saying, I've never seen that happen before. Can that like really happen? I would simply say to you, just because you haven't seen it doesn't mean it's not real. And it could be the reason that you haven't seen it or experienced it is because you haven't been open to it. And God in his mercy and love is not about freaking people out. Encouragement, strengthening, comfort. And so could it be that we can grow in an openness, never never elevating those words above God's words,
But if they're in line with God's words and guide us, that is a beautiful thing. Okay, I want to talk a little bit more on Father's Day about this next week, but I want to leave us with a verse from 1 Peter that pulls all of this together. It's just write it down, meditate on it this week. This is the Word of God, capital T, teaching, capital P, prophecy. Above all, love each other deeply. We could stop there. What's the goal of the Spirit? That you would love each other. How do I know I have the Spirit? I have love for one another. Because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. By the Spirit, serve one another. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. So this is about everyone loving, hear this, everyone loving, everyone making space for one another, and then everyone contributing to the party. Whatever, whatever it is, you do what you're supposed to do. So if anyone speaks, they should do as, as one who speaks the very words of God. So if God gives you in the moment, something to share. Look, you're not God, but you should treasure that. You shouldn't, you shouldn't shrink back. You should, you should participate with God and take steps of faith. Say, listen, they, I've never done anything like this before, but I keep getting this thought that God might, or it could be, and I just wanted to share it with you. If it resonates with you, great. If not, throw it out but something was just stirring in me and I love you enough to tell you what's coming to mind. And if we all came with that attitude, not like, look, look at, look at me in the eye. Look at me in the eye right now. Are you with me? I've got a word for you. And right now, Seth's going like, stop looking at me. Stop looking at me. I was looking at you because I actually like you. If we do less of that and more of, we're a family and families talks about stuff. If anyone serves, they should do with the strength God provides so that in all things, catch the focus. God, maybe praise through Jesus Christ. So here's how we know we're getting it right. To him be the glory and power forever and ever, amen, right? When the thing's about him and not about you, we're, we're stewarding God's gifts properly. So out of love, can you, Please make space for people in this church. Uh, what does that mean? That means be here. You can't make space for people you don't see. Be here because when you come to a gathering, you're contributing to the body. Make space for people in community groups and outside of it. We're going to our last week. Here's a tip. See your people before the fall. Schedule your vacation, sure, but make sure you're loving one another. And, and let's keep Jesus the focus, being open to the living Jesus by his spirit, speaking, serving, giving to one another. This is church at its best, man. And I want to grow in becoming this kind of community where anyone can be used by God to do anything. Even if everyone isn't used by God to do everything, anyone can. Because we are the body, not I'm the body. We're the body. Lord, we don't know what to do. Um, 
We don't know how to exercise these things you want to do in and through us. We confess it. Lord, some of us are intimidated by it. Some of us are concerned by it. Lord, we, we, we simply present all of these things to you because we love you, King Jesus. Now, speak to us, we pray, as we respond. Speak to us, we pray, as we respond. Lord, speak through us, we pray, for the encouragement, for the strengthening, for the comfort of the people that you love. We're available, Lord Jesus. In your name we pray. Thank you for listening to this episode of our Sunday Gathering Podcast. To learn more about 26 West Church, please visit our website at 26westchurch.org.